Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Under Review Show. It's D here. We are fresh off the conference championship weekend that uh, finally went as predicted. We finally had a weekend that did what it was supposed to do, and it just did it as good as it could do. This, of course, is the Under Review Show. I am D, and it's Tuesday. That means you're getting the aftermath. We're going to go over all the betting crap that went down in the previous weekend. You don't get that anywhere else but the aftermath show. Everybody wants to look ahead. We look behind. We just never let go of the past. We cannot. We're seeking counseling for it, but in the meantime, we just come here and talk about it. Sometimes we cry. Sometimes we sing. Mostly, we laugh. Of course, joining me as he does every single week is Mr. Eric Rosenthal. Eric, uh, welcome back to the aftermath, sir. Are you recovering? Condolences for your personal favorite team uh, bowing out, um, albeit expectedly in the NFC Conference Championship. The hangover should go away any minute now from Sunday. Uh, I'm confident at some point. And betting-wise, I did fine. I did well. It's okay. But emotionally, your team's one win away from the Super Bowl. It's tough. I'm sure anybody listening knows. If your team missed the Super Bowl, it sucks. But if your team is right there with one game away, it's it's even worse. So gambling-wise, I'm happy. Football team wise, so it's a little melancholy around here. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine. Um, and to recap, we had a we had a couple covers right um, on the weekend. There, we had uh, big home favorites, big home favorites on both ends of the of the spectrum. Just do their thing. Um, let's maybe start with that NFC Championship game and get it out of the way. We'll rip the band aid off here uh, right away. Um, let's talk about your seven and a half point underdog Green Bay Packers going on the road. Um, facing San Francisco for the second time this year and uh, a game that was eerily reminiscent of that first round, except for something very strange. Um, They didn't throw the ball at all on you guys at all. It was weird. It was awkward. It was uh, a quarterbacking performance that was, there was no quarterbacking performance through the ball. uh, Garoppolo threw the ball like eight times yet. Um, they, they, you know, they lambasted. The first half, anyway, was just ugly, wasn't it? It was getting really, really ugly really quick. Oh, it got ugly immediately. I immediately called the game over on Twitter after 7-0. And, I, you know, I'm not someone to overreact like that. I've got a lot of faith in Aaron Rodgers and my Packers over the years, but I knew this thing was over um, shortly after it started, 27-0 at halftime. Just everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Um, you... Or I or anybody listening could have been the quarterback for the 49ers and they would have won that game. You know, six for eight passing for Garoppolo. Mostert had 29 rushes for 200, 220 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, that's like, insane. That's so absurd. Undrafted free agent. So absurd to every level um, to have that kind of rush, rushing, rushing performance. And Packers just got just destroyed in, in every sense of the word. The craziest thing to me, though, um, was... Talking about the cover, Packers score a touchdown to cut the lead to 34-20, a 14-point game with eight minutes left. And that cover cover was right there for the taking if the Packers yeah. defense could have got one stop. I felt like, I felt like it could have been. Yeah, I, I thought they were going to cover at that point, actually, that they, 49ers were going to keep just running the ball. Packers defense maybe could have figured it out one time, got one stop, and then a, a late Rodgers touchdown – uh, gives the cover to plus 7.5 or plus 8, uh, but it just didn't happen. The, the 49ers kept running the ball and just kept 
getting first downs. It was everybody in the uh, the whole building, everybody watching on TV knew what was coming. Green Bay just couldn't stop it. I don't know what what did you see from the Packers defense and why they couldn't stop that obvious rushing game. Yeah, I mean it was it was it was just it was one of those things where the uh, you know when the line when the line decided to do what the line decided to do to them. Um, you know, I'm sure like Shanahan just looked around and was just like, Hey guys, let's just keep doing that. I don't even think they expected to just, especially on, on the outside, the speed on the outside, even losing Tevin Coleman. It's like, it's like they just kept running these, you know, it was one of those weird ones. It was one of those weird plays where like you had a team that just couldn't, they, even when they knew it was coming, couldn't figure it out, couldn't stop it. Couldn't, you know what I mean? And that's what it felt like. They were like, okay, we're just going to try this again and see what happens. Like nothing creative. It was basically same play, same plays, like six plays over and over again. And they were just like, well, we're just going to do this until they stop us. And then you just couldn't. So I, I don't know where the adjustments were not happening on the Green Bay side of things. That speed, I think, you know, had some pundits talking about um, who, who the frig said it. It was really, really interesting to say that like, individually you're not sitting there besides maybe Matt Brady on offense um a, a, just a straight like lightning speed guy right but overall as a unit um they're just fast on both sides of the ball they're just really really fast collectively and that's like linemen included right they're just are, are, are quicker it's i don't know it was a really weird one what do you think like it couldn't as a as a packers fan were you just being like what is happening right now just you know where it's going just send a guy out there and I th- even think on that last monster, um, you had a guy injured, and his uh, whoever came in for him literally just juked left when he should have juked right. It was just a simple, minor kind of like fresh legs in the game mistake that caused a guy to run thirty yards for a touchdown. You know, they they isolated that on the replay to say, oh yeah, he just went inside and he he needed to take a half a step to the right, and he probably would have pushed him out of bounds. You know, yeah, it was like I mean, it, weird. It was- many situations like that throughout the game. Um, and although it was kind of a blowout, I mean, one stop and they, they had a chance. Um, they were only down 14 in the fourth quarter with everything going wrong. The end of the half after the Packers giving up 10 points in the final uh, two minutes was just devastating. You know, yeah. Devastating as you just said. And uh, it's going to look bad on Rogers legacy, but I, I, I don't know what he could have done. I mean, that the fumble was bad. Just real quick, I want to get this out of the way. That was nothing like the Cam Newton fumble in the Super Bowl when he didn't dive on it, right? I mean, I saw people talking about that, but to me, I, I thought Rodgers saw I got recovered immediately, and there's nothing he could have done. But I want, I want your opinion. Oh yeah, probably, but it's Aaron Rodgers, not Cam Newton. Yeah, he didn't <laughs> dive on that crap. Are you kidding me? That's it's crazy talk. Just no, yeah. it's just like Cam Newton is a guy who, like, you know, he most of the time he's the hammer, not the nail. You know what I mean? He's yeah. a, he was a young, like, super athletic monster of a human being that can jump on a ball and take a couple of, you know, a dog pile. Aaron Rodgers, you don't need to jump on the ball. You know what you need to do? You need to protect Aaron Rodgers is what you need uh, to do, right? And uh, at that point, uh, yeah. It, you know what? He he did have a mediocre game even for uh, Aaron Rodgers game. Like, it was, it was just sort of – he just wasn't there, you know? He had a couple throws that uh, – uh, looked pretty good but it was more um a result like of just an open guy you know he didn't make like he did in the uh, in the division round right when he made those two throws two just real clutch third down you know put it in the bread basket while being hit on the move you know a classic Aaron Rodgers throw uh 
not only did he not make any of those throws, um, he wasn't able to, you know? And the good throws that he made were just good throws. And uh, and it was just a standard game. It just wasn't great. His picks, that first pick was just nasty. Let's just erase that from your memory forever. You know, second pick was, we know what was happening. You're down by so many points. You're just going for it. Can't blame him for that one. Um, but the first pick was just a, uh, it was just bad throw. Bad read, bad throw, you know? When they, it was. Not, yeah. But I also say like, it was what, you know, 20 to zero at that point. Yeah. He's forcing some things here and there. Yeah, um, if the game is seven seven or you know fourteen ten whatever it may be, he doesn't throw that ball. Yeah, and also how about maybe returning the kickoff farther than the eight yard line would have been nice. Yeah, they they had they just had a, a rough game. But I mean, what we talked about last week though on the show was how well rounded the San Francisco 49ers are. Um, I was very surprised that it wasn't more balanced offensively. Um, but they just they, they're just a very good team, kind of in every aspect. Of it, and that's why it makes them really hard to handicap, frankly, because you, I like anyway, and find it easier to focus on strengths or weaknesses of either teams. But um, you know, the Niners are just kind of this well-rounded machine that do it. Very surprised that they just went so run heavy and they didn't mix it up at all. But um, once again, I think it was a byproduct of the results they were having. Frankly, I don't think that they were sitting there saying we're only going to throw it eight times. Uh, they were just like, uh, keep running until they stop us, you know. And it just it it, it evolved that way. Anyways, big cover there. That's you know, it's a massive amount of points. Let's talk about another uh, another game, another big cover, and one that was once again eerily reminiscent of the week before, where the Tennessee Titans get out to a lead right away on KC. Now, by the way, KC is no stranger to getting scored on, so it wasn't like Baltimore, who was like they're always a front runner. KC just expects that they they do that, they start that way, and then they go out of their minds. Um, and uh, and the same thing happened. Tennessee jumped out right away. It looked like, oh, you can't stop Derrick Henry. Um, and then it was just like, okay, sit down, Tennessee. You probably shouldn't even be here right now. Um, you had everything, you know, maybe the Packers had everything go wrong for them in the uh, NFC Championship. Tennessee had everything go right for them in the divisional round against Baltimore. Absolutely everything. Picks, they got turnovers, um, busted up plays, things like that. Uh, was there ever a doubt in your mind, though, that KC wasn't just running away with this, even when they were down 10 nothing? No, I, I said in our podcast last week, I've thought it all year. I mentioned the Chiefs many times throughout the year that it was a good value for them to win the AFC or win the Super Bowl. They were just the much better team. They have who I think is the uh, the best person at playing the position of quarterback ever in Patrick Mahomes. The Titans just did not belong. They beat a fraudulent Patriots team by scoring 14 points on offense. Everything went right against the Ravens for them, and then – we should have expected their luck, you know, some skill, some luck to run out. I mean, Derrick Henry had some of the best rushing performances of all time. He wasn't all of a sudden the best running back of all time. He just had some some good games in a row, and he regressed to who he is. He still had a nice game, 69 yards, nice again, and a touchdown. But you can't compete with Patrick Mahomes, who's going to fling the ball all around the field. He had, you know, that incredible rushing touchdown at the end of the first half. Threw for three touchdowns and almost 300 yards. He, he just, um, he's on another level. It's like, you know, you, when you go play LSU, you go play Alabama. Like they're just on another level sometimes than the, the, the teams that they're playing. And that's how I felt about the Chiefs. Uh, it was over before it started. It was over <laughs> when they're now 10 0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were never going to lose. I, I really felt that way too. I was just not even like, like remotely, uh, 
like afraid that this wasn't going to be a cover and a, and a blow. And it was just like a race to 50. I was just jumping on the, uh, on, on the chiefs individual over there to be like, how much are they going to just, just rack up on these guys? Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and, and simply they just couldn't keep up. It was, this is a Tannehill game here in a Tannehill team. And even though defensively they give up a lot, um, Kansas city can be scored on and you can move the ball with them. They just, I, I they're, they're still good enough. They're good enough and have improved enough that you're just not going to keep up with that volume of offense um, that they had going. And it's like they're playing some FU football. Um, and just it started after being down 24 um, nothing against Houston where a switch went on. And uh, basically it's been the only team during these playoffs where we've seen them just really get into it. You know, everybody thought it was going to be Baltimore because they really got into it for, um, you know, the last 10 games of the season. And they looked absolutely unbeatable. Um, Casey did look beetle. They didn't, they, they looked like they were coming on, but they didn't look that crazy. And now they just look, you know, they're playing, they're playing FU football and, uh, and it's, it feels like they're unstoppable. Um, but another big cover there too, right? That's two, two in a row, um, two covers by favorites after two solid weeks of just mayhem in terms of trying to find covers and non-covers. Hey. Yeah. Complete mayhem in the wild card round. A lot of mayhem in the divisional round from the Texans game to the Packers game. Upsets by the Titan and upset by the Titans. It was, it was crazy. Back to more what we expected to happen. One one quick question I have for you on the Chiefs. Like I've believed in them. I've expected all of this. But when you look at it, all they did in the playoffs was beat the freaking Houston Texans, who at one point were down thirty eight to zero to the Broncos a month ago <laughs> at home. And the freaking Tennessee Titans who are the Tennessee Titans and Ryan Tannehill was their quarterback. Like that's, that's who they've beaten at home in the playoffs. Yeah. That, that's all. It, Is that weird to you? Like a little concerning or. Uh, it would be um, if there wasn't one caveat to this. And that's the fact that they just didn't beat those teams. They beat the snot out of them, you know? And that's what you need to expect from these mismatches, right? You, you get concerned when they play a team tight, you know? When, when they go in and they don't slobber knock a team, they should slobber knock, right? And that's when you go, okay, they look very, very beatable. They, they just didn't. They, they, didn't, they just looked unstoppable in both of those games once they got their shit together and started playing. It just was an, impossi- an impossible win. Like, so, I mean, you can't blame them for the teams that they're fa- faced up against. All you can expect, though, is for them to play up to their competition and not down. And I think in both cases, they just absolutely like ran these guys over and it was, it looked as mismatched as it should be. Um, whereas many other teams, you know, didn't look that way. And, uh, and, and that being said, it's like, you want to talk about, um, on a roll, let's talk about some trends here before we're not going to do a pick this week. Cause we're going to save it till we're closer to the Super Bowl. but we need to talk about some trends to go over some statistical, um, information to share with our listeners about these two teams going into the Super Bowl. Um, and the Chiefs are the one we're going to start with here. And the Chiefs are um, are currently 7-0-1 against the spread in their last eight games overall, um, which is a fairly crazy number, right? So they haven't not covered. And currently, um, as you know, they are, um, I think I think they're hanging at one-point favorites right now. It was open at 1.5 at Bet Online, and I believe they're down to one-point favorites. Um, so they have covered um, 7-0-1. Or so they're seven zero and one ATS in their last eight games overall, which is uh, pretty damn fantastic. Um, they're also 
interesting one, 5-0 and against the spread in their last five games after accumulating more than 250 yards passing in their previous game. So that doesn't mean like it's not just all their seven games, but if Mahomes throws for 250, next game, flying. They're covering. They're scoring. Um, and then if they if they do if they accumulate 350 total, they're five and0 in their last five games against the spread if they have 350 games. So these are all things that are applying to this situation here where they're a momentum team and um, when they roll, they roll and there's there's a team overall against the spread they're rolling, but st- with their statistics that back up their their uh, they're rolling, they're crushing it right now thoughts yes uh, i mean it's that all coincides basically with the return of patrick mahomes right all these trends are patrick mahomes is back matt moore was playing for a couple games and all these sets the 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 six oh and one or, or the seven oh and ones that's all mahomes is back and you know when he throws for 250 yards that's almost every game with mahomes and he he, he just did it again throwing for almost 300 I think all these trends show us when a second year or a third year, but second full year, Patrick Mahomes is playing and available. The Chiefs seem to cover and they put up points every single time. He's, he's like the one guy who never has a bad game. Um, so all these trends are, yeah, they get hot as a team together. They get hot with Patrick Mahomes. And uh, I think there's some pretty noteworthy trends that are going to give you pause. Uh, no pick yet, but betting against the Chiefs, Gives you some pause, but maybe you have some numbers on the other side that are going to... Well, we'll get into the 49ers, but there there are more Chiefs momentum trends to go over here. And I'm, it's going to sound like we're all about the Chiefs right now, but these are just... This is the stats. We're not even making this up. We're not even being homers. So I gave you those statistical momentum. Like, they're on fire. That basically says they're on fire. But here's some more. There's even more of those. After they score 30 points, they're 4-0 against the spread. Um... After they win, obviously they've they've been basically undefeated. But here's here's some interesting one. As a favorite, six zero and one in the last seven games. Of course, they've been favorite basically in every single game or all of the games. Grass when they're playing on grass, six zero. They've all all they do is play on grass, and when they play on grass, they win. And here's maybe my favorite one um, versus teams with winning records because that's something you can't control as a team, and something that's like you know you look at teams like Minnesota and stuff when they had decent records, but then when you broke it down, you were like, oh. They don't really beat teams that are, you know, performing well. Um, Chiefs are 5-0 and against the spread um, this year against teams with a winning record. So they just cover, they play up to their competition, their momentum team. They're coming off two pretty big wins, um, obviously against lesser competition, but they absolutely slobber knock them. Um, it is very, very hard to make a case that the Chiefs can't cover one point. So those were all ATS trends. Next week's show, we're going to talk about some more statistical um, comparisons between the teams. But in terms of their against the spread statistical trends, these are some of the things that they're doing here. Let's move on to the 49ers. Um, we, we concluded with the Chiefs against the winning record. Well, guess what the 49ers are? Six in one against the spread against teams with winning record. Did you think the 49ers... Do the 49ers not have that feeling of a team that beats up on crappy teams a they little bit? They do. They very much do. And uh, I don't know if... Maybe my Packers were, were one of those crappy teams for all I know. Um, but yeah, it, it does feel like that. But then that's 
uh, interesting stat that maybe isn't maybe not true. Yeah, well, and that's that's the thing that that it kind of raised my eyebrow, right? Because I look at Chiefs, I go five and zero against a team with a winning record. You know what? Since the beginning of the season, um, the Kansas City Chiefs have been the favorite to come out of the AFC. They just basically did what they were supposed to do. Although there was a little blip when uh, Patrick Mahomes went down for a couple of weeks, um, but other than that little blip, uh, they had they were anointed the king of the AFC um, early, early on in the season. So. You know what? Yeah, they're supposed to be pretty damn good. Niners, we're seeing Jimmy come back. Um, nobody really knew what was up with these guys, but they were expecting to perform better than they did last year um, of where they won all of how many games they win last year? Like four. Like it wasn't a very good year. The Niners went two and 14 last year. Yeah, two games last year. Like crazy. Um, but they're six and one against the spread versus teams with winning records, which is insanely good. It's actually a fantastic. Um, testament to uh, how good this team really is. They are really a very, very good football team, and they don't feel like it. And maybe that's the weird thing about it. They are, they don't, they're not as flashy as as the Chiefs, so it gets inside your head, right? Especially when you're betting, you're like, betting, well, oh, the Chiefs are just going to score a million points, and no one's going to manage. If you look at some of the statistics in terms of, like, points per game, very, very similar. Defensively, the 49ers are better across the board. Um, but in terms of like matching up offensively with the statistics that the Kansas City Chiefs put in against the spread, very interesting. Like um, after accumulating more than 350 yards, five one and one in their last seven games of, of doing that. The 49ers are five one and one. Um, um, here's the here's the weirdest one: five one and one against the spread in their last seven games after allowing more than 350 yards in their previous game. So, so yeah, so they always recover. From uh, and cover, they recover and then they cover the spread um, when they've had numbers go up. But I, I, you know, for me, I guess they've been blowing teams out and the, those garbage yards kind of add up. Um, and then finally, um, following a win, the 49ers are five and one um, in their last six games, following a straight up win, which is basically basically they're on fire as well, is what I'm getting. Not as on fire as the Chiefs, but share a lot of those statistical offensive statistics. Um, that you think would just be reserved for a team like the Chiefs. Yeah, and, and I mean, if we remember that 49ers game against New Orleans where they put up 48 on the road in uh, maybe the best game of the season. So we saw Garoppolo go throw eight passes <laughs> for like four yards basically uh, <laughs> in the Green Bay win, but he also could throw for 350 and four touchdowns like he did in, in New Orleans. So the Niners... Yeah, that, that number at first surprises me, uh, those, those numbers, but they make sense, and obviously they're true, and they make sense when you really think about it. Their, their offense has been a lot better than we realized. I mean, 37 points, no matter how you do it, is more than the Chiefs scored. Like Everyone's talking about, me included, the Chiefs offense, the Chiefs offense. Well, 49ers put up 37, so that's more than the Chiefs offense put up. Yeah, and you look at the, the statistical numbers for the season. And that those 49ers offensive numbers will surprise you. Um, and then maybe we'll, once again, we're going to go in deep into the comparative statistics next week. But one that just I think we just need to bring out now is that um, and if you look at how the 49ers performed last week, um, run defense, Kansas City's doesn't have as good a run defense as the 49ers do. The 49ers can lock you down on both both sides, run and pass. They're just better defensively. They lock teams down. And then they control the ball. And and that is a better formula, especially to take sometimes the best defense 
is keeping the ball out of the hands of your opponent's offense. You know what I mean? So yeah. they they've this balanced team hangs on to the ball for a very long time. Um, I think that's in their in their their mo there. You know, that's the same. That's how you do it against Aaron Rodgers. How do you keep Aaron Rodgers from scoring? Don't let him score. How's that? Don't give him the ball. Keep the ball yeah. away from him. And that's your best chance to beat the guy. They basically did that because the first three drives of the second half, I believe, was touchdown, touchdown, touchdown from Aaron Rodgers. This is it. And, uh, there just wasn't enough possessions for him to, to, to go score. And I think because they yeah, ran the, the ball and just grinded out six minute, 85 yarders running and running and running and, and, and beating him up a little bit. It's really yep. interesting, you know, and they just kept it away. That's going to be their plan. Contain Mahomes, but keep the ball out of his hands as much as they can. Run the ball. They know that their 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 run game is better than the KC run D. You can run on KC. You know, think about that. Very interesting. Well, we're going to get into picks and stuff, but later on this week, we're going to have a, uh, a props bet podcast because this is the Super Bowl, and that's what the Super Bowl is about. It's not about betting on the game anymore. It's betting on how players perform in the game. It's betting on the national anthem. It's betting on the flyover. It's betting on wardrobe malfunctions. And uh, here on the Under Review Show, we get into the nitty-gritty. We're going to do that um, this week on Thursday. We will have our prop extravaganza from Under Review up and live. Now, you got to get in on this Super Bowl stuff. Go to betonline.ag those are our main sponsor use promo code review slap it in there get yourself a little extra money to bet on the super bowl that was our recap of our af- of recap of the AFC NFC championship weekend the aftermath um was okay i hope eric that you recover though and you can enjoy the football game without your team in the football game i uh, it might be more enjoyable not having to stress for 2 weeks yeah potentially watching a loss uh I- I don't really believe that, but I'll say it to try to make myself feel better. And uh, I can't wait, wait to listen to that prop show. I mean, I hope people love listening to our show every week. But uh, the props one, I'm going to tune in for sure because betting on Super Bowl props is probably the most fun thing you can ever do. Ever, and, ever. Uh, you can make money, and I'm excited to listen. Yeah, it's going to be super awesome. Of course, you can find us on uh, Podcast One, uh, CLNS Media Network. You can find us on the iTunes. You can find us on the Spotify. You can find us everywhere. So tune in, subscribe, hang out. We're here all season and the off-season. On behalf of uh, Eric Rosenthal and the good people at betonline.ag, adios, muchachos. <laughs> <laughs>